We already have talked about a switch on Amitabha for, for two short lectures. Um, this is a very important sutra. The reason why I have not introduced it to you is because in, in North America, most people practice meditation and they thought that by doing meditation, then we become enlightened and then we'll be the Buddha. It's not that easy uh, because in the ancient days, those who practice meditation, they practice it for 24 hours. Now you practice it for 24 minutes. So, so what's the difference? The difference is by practicing for 24 minutes, how can you achieve enlightenment? And they practice it for life. I would say since many, many, many years ago in the ancient in ancient China, they know that um, we have to have an expedient means to get away from this world of suffering. In other words, we have to have shortcut to get away from life of suffering. But we still have to learn meditation. But are there any shortcuts? People are always looking for shortcuts. And shortcuts are good if they, if they, are, if they are legitimate. It's just like when I gave you an example. We have a three levels of world. We have three levels of this Dharma world. The first level, do you still remember the first level? The world with desires, we have desires. The second level is Rupa Dattu. No more desires in that world, it's a higher level, it's like heaven, it's like in a higher level. And that's the, the highest level also called the Arupa Dattu. And we're just like a little worm inside the, that world, if vertically, you want to get out from this world, this free level world. So this free level world is like a bamboo. And inside the bamboo, there are sections. I'm a little worm that I want to get out from this world. So I have to go up, go up, go up to get out from this world. I have to bite through all the different sections. The three sections. For you to bite through the different sections, it takes eons of years, kalpas, many, many years. But then the Buddha said, there's a shortcut. Instead of doing vertically out, why don't you horizontally get, bite through horizontally and get out? Just to have a review, the Sutra on Amitabha Buddha, Fosuo Amitabha Jing, the Sutra on Amitabha Buddha, translated by Max Muller, the German scholar, in using a different name, the smaller Sukhavati Vyutha. Sukhavati means the land of bliss, Vyutha means magnificent display. He also called it the smaller Sukhavati Vyutha Sutra. Now, that's the first one. The second one is the Sutra of Visualization on the Buddha of Infinite Life. It's translated as, as the, the larger Sukhavati Vyuha by Max Muller. In the Chinese language is Guan Wu Liang Shou Jing, the Sutra on the Visualization of the Buddha of Infinite Life. What is the content of it? I already have briefly mentioned. It's teaching us the 16 visualization methods you visualize using the 16 methods and practicing the Buddhist teaching to get into the land of bliss. 
that's the second sutra. You can always Google it out. Use it, use your, use your, your, your internet effectively. So you can actually get information. The third one is a sutra on Buddha Amitayus. Amitayus. What, what is, why is Amitayus? Because Amitabha is also called Amitayus. Amitayus, that means the Buddha of infinite lifetime. So, Wu Liang Shou Jing, the Sutra on Amitayus. And why Amitabha and Amitayus? Both are the same Buddha. How, how come they're using different names? If we can borrow two terms from Kant, a German philosopher, an expression of nomina and phenomena. Nomina being the real nature, the nature of it. Amitabha means the light, immeasurable light, expressing the, the nature of the Buddhahood. It's like a light that radiates boundlessly. The Buddha of infinite life is looking from the perspective of the phenomena. So it's different. But it's the same Buddha. All right, that's enough for the review. Next time we we'll go to the third lecture, and I hope you can participate. That's very important. This, now it's something that you should know. If you are here for five years, I haven't talked about why we have the Chan Amitabha. Now I'm slowly releasing it out through the Buddhist teaching. So we still have hope. Next time we won't, next time in our next life, we, we, go, we won't roll into bed and breakfast again. We go to the land of bliss. First question. What is a smart career choice to people? Should I become a president or a CEO or a professor? The smartest choice, I think, would be, why can, why, can you become a monk? <laughs> That's a good choice. A good one, though. <clears throat> you have to be a good one. You can be a nun, you can be a bhikshu or bhikshuni, whatever your choice is. If you are not bound by your family members anymore, your children are already grown up, you don't have your husband anymore, you don't have your wife anymore, why are you still cooking your breakfast and lunch and, and <laughs> dinner and go, and, and go Walmart and, 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 uh, and, and Safeway? pushing your trolley and try to shop for the, the best deal. Every day you're doing the same thing. Is it meaningful doing the same thing every day? And then Christmas comes, snowfall, you sweep your, your, your front yard, and then you set up this Christmas light. But the sad thing is you've got to sing it all by yourself. Because all your family members are gone. So why do you have to go through all this? Here's a temple that, that you, you, can, you can actually come in and actually concentrate on your practice. But I still have to pick and choose though. <laughs> I know I'm not gonna accept anybody. Yeah, you, you have to be qualified for it. <clears throat> Oh, I really mean it, because when I was in Hong Kong, there were at least three guys who came to me who wanted to be a monk. And, and uh, interestingly, and one 
I said, why do you want to become a monk? Because I have seen all these miracles sometimes in me. I can see mir uh, images of people. I said, oh, is that why you become a monk? <laughs> I can see the Buddha. I said, wow, is that the reason why you want to become a monk? Are you sure that your eyes <laughs> are not illusion? He said, well, I said, can I become a monk under your, in the temple? I think, well, I, I have to think about it, I said. And then he said, don't think that I'm crazy. I'm not crazy. <laughs> I don't know if he's crazy or not. I don't know. So, the, a smart career choice will be a monk or a nun. <laughs> Next question. In some spiritual teaching, serving others and service is one of the highest paths to enlightenment. But service is not one of Buddha's five precepts. What is the value of serving others in, in Buddhist teaching? Serving yourself and serving others is just like self-enlightenment and uh, anutra samya sampati enlightenment. So in other words, if I make it very simple, it's the same as one is Mahayana and the other is Hinayana. The one is, as long as I can save myself, that's good enough. The other is, no, other than saving myself, I have to save all my folks too. I can't leave all my folks and go into Nirvana. I have, to, I have gone through all this suffering that I have, I have the compassion to save people from suffering. That's a Buddhist Atwas approach. So being the Bodhisattva's approach is a much broader, is a much broader and much deeper ocean of wisdom. Sometimes, by being a teacher to benefit others, the one who's benefited for the most is yourself. In other words, the teacher at the same time learn from what he's teaching. A teacher at the same time learn from the students. A, a teacher reinforce himself more in teaching than students being reinforced by him or her. So, serving others is the most important. That's the Bodhisattva's approach to life. And serving others also has the connotation of eliminating your ego. Now, if you learn to serve others, you always would let go of your ego because you always consider others instead of just considering yourself. One who is always considering himself is very egoistic. A self-serve, ser, you know, uh, uh, um, serving yourself, you're egoistic just in serving yourself. But who can do, who can have the concept of always serving others? What comes next after Saturday morning meditation class if you want to progress in Buddhism? In other words, you worry that, okay, on a Saturday morning you've just learned, but when you go home, then should you just discontinue the learning? You can always continue. One Saturday is not enough. It's not enough. That's the reason why I told you to become a monk. <laughs> or a nun. Then you can learn every day. But even if you're a monk or a nun, you really have to have that mind set to learn it. You always have that compassionate and peaceful mind in you um, when you're interacting with people. You always have that, have that feeling of serving others. 
you always feel happy about what you're doing. You don't get grievances inside of you all the time. You, got, you, don't, you, don't, you don't see things, this is right, this is wrong, this is... Saying that your career, if I suggest a career to you, a monk or a nun, you really have to learn to become a monk and a nun. Not just wearing your, 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 your sash and you become a monk or a nun. You really have to learn it. You have to live happily with it. Sometimes you can see a monk is not happy. You look at, when you look at his face, he's not feeling happy. Is he a monk? You look at the nun, he's not happy. He's always struggling with himself or, or herself. He's not happy. He can't even enlighten himself. How can he enlighten others? So there's a lot to do, a lot to learn. It's not the final place to become a monk and a nun. That's a starting point. You haven't been to that starting point yet. And I suggest you to become there to go to that starting point. Life will come to its end in 60 years for you if you're 40 years old, in 30 years for you if you're 60 years old. The next 30 years will be the same. Right now you're young, you're looking for a husband, you don't have a family, it's good for you. You don't want to have that family bondage. Once you're born up with that family bondage, you're not free. I don't know even know what I mean. In regards to being reborn in the land of bliss, can one still choose to such a rebirth if one make prior commitments to another religion, in this case to Christianity through the Baptist ceremony? Does this have any influence on one's destination after death of the physical body? So you're worrying that you promise God that you, you promise Jesus that you want to go to heaven and now you're learning Buddhism and that you're going to be punished. Or you, you're going to be punished, maybe physically, for not keeping your promise. If, if your God sticks so much to a promise and has no flexibility, he's not even a good CEO. <laughs> Don't you think so? Yes. A CEO will give you the flexibility. And if he is not even flexible, why do you follow him? <laughs> I'm sure he's very flexible. I'm praising him. I'm praising Jesus now. Not criticizing him. He is not as rigid as what you think. He's a saint. He will allow you to learn the Buddha's teaching, believe it or not. He will say, go ahead, son, daughter, learn the Buddha's teaching too. But you still, you still can come to my heaven if you want. You have a choice. You've been given a choice, as the Bible said. Why restrict yourself? Why are you worrying about? You're worrying about physical death, that you'll be punished? You don't have a body anymore. Why would you worry about your hotel? You're ready to check out. That room has to be cleaned by the house lady, not you. <laughs> don't leave any dirt behind. Um,
There's a poem in the Chinese language, but I don't know if I can translate it. Why do you still have to rush down your river, your stream? Why do you have to rush downstream, creating all these ripples for the world? Elevate yourself. Next, last question. So to stop the thousands of rebirths while working towards enlightenment at the time before death, visualization of the Pure Land Sutra could take us there where we remain until possible enlightenment, or do I have it wrong? At the time of death, well, it's a question that really you really have to learn the Sutra. So I suggest that you come for the Sutra, and now there's a book, there's a translation. There's so many translations of the Amitabha Buddha, Buddha Sutras. And this is one of the many translations. And this is an authoritative translation because Max Muller translated from directly from Sanskrit. There are people who may not understand Sanskrit, who did not know about Sanskrit scriptures, who argue that, oh, Amitabha Sutra is fictitious. It's not a real authentic sutra because they never, they have not learned Sanskrit. There were Sanskrit scriptures dug out from the earth 200 years ago, two, 300 years ago. And later, Max Muller found the Sanskrit and translated it into English. And that matches with the Chinese translation of Amitabha Sutra. So in these two sources, from two different directions, from two different locations, come together to prove that this is, this is not fictitious. This is real.